0: Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds, in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash days. Line, holidayvacation.com Scotland and Ireland, join us.
1: When he was in college, he would use his talent as a world-renowned hog caller as a way to pick up chicks. This is the Farm Report with Josh Scramlin.
2: It says 5.05 on the clock in December 12th, 2019 is what it says on the calendar. Good morning to you and happy Thursday. We've got a lot of ground to cover in the next 55 minutes. I sat down with Mike Edge of Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin to talk about e-commerce cheese sales. We recently reported to you that online cheese sales would total $440 million plus in the year 2019, so we're going to get a little bit of insight on that. We are going to be joined live via Skype by Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck right around 5:20 a.m. And as always, we're going to take a look at the latest agribusiness news and markets and bring it to you as it happens. Also, don't forget to go to our website that is MidwestFarmReport.com if you want to claim your free fabulous farm baby bib supplies. is limited, so you're going to want to act quick. And again, that is MidwestFarmReport.com. Thanks to our friends at Quick Trip as they support Wisconsin Agri culture my conversation with mike edge about e-commerce cheese is just moments away
3: battles aren't won solely on the field that's a common misconception battles are won within over enemies of fear enemies of doubt in that place where promises are kept Promises to oneself.
1: This is a physical training event! Awesome.
3: Promises to one's community.
4: Helping people move debris out of their house.
3: Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise.
4: Battles One. In farming, getting things done early has a way of setting you up for success. Like using Corvus for an early season win over weeds. Corvus keeps even the toughest weeds from gaining a foothold. Multiple sites of action deliver superior control of emerged weeds. And later, Corvus reactivates with just a half inch of rain to take out any new weeds that may have sprouted. So get an early-season win against weeds with Corvus for end-of-season rewards. Always read and follow label instructions. Corvus is a restricted-use pesticide.
5: Bob Boesel this morning at the northern end of the world's longest barn, and buying product is changing. Used to be you had to go to the store to get what you want. Not anymore. And the word E might be the most important word in our entire alphabet. Isn't
6: that right, Pam?
0: In this time of the year, you bet, Bob, fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest bar. I suppose you could think of all the alphabets, though, from uh, Google to Amazon. That's an alphabet company, and now we are literally talking about The cheese that we're buying online, although for a lot of non-farm consumers, you may say, well, geez, yeah, that's been happening for a while. But for some reason, in 2019, we're really moving volumes online. Josh Scramlin got a chance to find out a little bit more on how the dairy industry's ramped up that side of their business. Josh?
2: I'm just going to toss a number out there. $440 million. Think about that for a second. $440 million. That's a pretty good chunk of change, isn't it? For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. And according to Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, online cheese sales are experiencing major growth. By the end of 2019, data shows the e-commerce sales for cheese will surge past that magical number of $440 million that I mentioned. This burst in cheese sales should be very, very exciting news for the Wisconsin dairy industry. And to get a little more insight on the topic, I spoke with Mike Edge. He is a regional marketing director for the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. And I said to Mike, before we start throwing around the term e-commerce, how about you tell me what e-commerce can be defined as?
7: E-commerce can be defined as uh, the simplicity and... Uh, convenience for a shopper or a consumer to use digital platforms to purchase uh, items such as, in my case, specialty cheese or slicing cheese. And it gives us the opportunity to utilize our marketing tools such as banner ads and and different digital platforms to connect directly to our website, directly to our manufacturer's items on those digital platforms, as well as utilizing brand through, like I said, banner ads and other one-click opportunities for, for consumers to purchase cheese in my in my um, in my side in my industry into their cart and make it simple for them to either pick up at store or have it directly delivered to their to their homes in the case of say an amazon fresh or something like that, of those instacart is another big one uh peapod for me at east um so yeah e-commerce again i think it's the demographic the simplicity and the convenience for the consumer
2: So online cheese sales are experiencing major growth, $440 million by the end of 2019. Why do you think there's such a surge all of a sudden?
7: I think it's the, I think for in my opinion, I think it's the consumer that is purchasing cheese right now. The consumer, I think they're more educated. The consumer is becoming more educated in the cheese, specialty cheese platform. The messaging and and the the education and the knowledge for the consumer is digitally based now through those social platforms like Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, recipe ideation, etc. And who is who is the one navigating those platforms? Millennials, mm-hmm. ec- Generation X, etc. Those are the people that are shopping online and using e-commerce as a platform to buy specialty cheese. So I think that's one, if not. The most most significant uh, reason for the increase in 2019, and I think we'll only see that grow in 2020 and forward. I mean, digital is where it's at in the future, for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, when you hear buying cheese online, to, at first it might sound a little weird, mm-hmm. but why does it make so much sense for cheese to tap into e-commerce?
7: I think one of the reasons is one, it's the story. Um, cheese is one of those. Uh, Necessities, but also one of those things that people look at as uh, as as entertaining, right? We just got past Thanksgiving, going into the holidays. Everyone has a cheese board at their holiday party, and how can they educate themselves? It's on the digital platforms, like I said, those social platforms. But also, cheese gives you the opportunity to pair with almost anything. You can pair it with nuts, you can pair it with meats, you can pair it with breads, you can pair it with wines and beers. There's so many opportunities, the accoutrements, the pairings that we, that we have in the specialty cheese category that I think there's really endless possibilities in cross-promotion, cross-departmental and that's why I think when you say you shop e-commerce, when you're clicking and buying and putting cheese in your cart, you're also probably directly linked and they're hyperlinking you strategically on those platforms to buy a salami or a bread or a spread or a honey or a, or nuts. So it's really the opportunities are the pairings and the opportunities are, again, that demographic that's shopping those platforms.
2: Something I'm curious about is how does social media play into e-commerce?
7: Sure. So for instance, for when we run banner ads or, or something like that on the digital or e-commerce uh, platforms, they will, in in some cases, depending on how they're built out in the algorithm, will directly link to the social profiles of said manufacturer being promoted on those, on those sites or on that digital platform or directly and in some cases, both to the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin to understand the story behind what we're representing and understanding what the badge represents, the proudly Wisconsin Cheese Badge, but directly to the manufacturers so they can say, this is what our brand's about cheese brand this is our story and it gives the consumer more of an education and knowledge into what cheese they're consuming how it was produced where it was produced how it got from point a to point b those social platforms messaging branding recipe ideation for instance like a pinterest is really just it's next level it's it's the next generation right now and um e-commerce and digital play in all that
2: talk to me about the dynamic between e-commerce and the storefront how do those two coexist
7: if you see now, if you go into any typically any retail outlet, there will be basically a built-in hub up front where people have are either it's Instacart or Amazon Fresh based, where people are ordering online through e-commerce and they're directly either picking up their groceries in store in buckets up front, or they're having someone literally a person that job is to pick your items from your cart that you use the e-commerce platform for and is delivering direct to your door. Um, Uber uses it as well, um, but in store it is. So we talk brick-and-mortar and we talk e-commerce. Brick-and-mortar will forever be, well, in my opinion, is is paramount to business at retail and cheese. Mm-hmm. But e-commerce, progressively, it was 3% in 2013. It was 4% in 2016. 5% to 2019, and it's going to continue to grow. If we're talking 10% of the business on e-commerce by 2025, I mean, that is a massive amount of sales and dollars being being produced in, and out of that e-commerce platform, and especially right now, as you mentioned, in the cheese side of it.
2: What are you hearing from retailers regarding online cheese sales? Are they seeing success?
7: Anytime I am trying to build a program with, with a retail partner or food service operator, There is no meeting that I have that doesn't have their digital marketing manager in it or their marketing director in it because they're wanting to talk about e-commerce and what we can do to activate it on an omni-channel multi-tactical program. So if I'm doing in-store and I'm promoting cheese in-store in their brick-and-mortar outlets, we're also talking e-commerce and activating on their pages to drive sales. Again, like I said, 5%. If the other 95 plus, 90% plus is in-store, we have to tap into that 5%. And, it's again, it's an opportunity to brand. It's an opportunity for messaging. It's an opportunity for marketing. And it's an opportunity for incremental growth on the sales side. So, And that's what it's all about. So that's, I mean, the, the buyers, when we're talking specialty cheese, there is no meeting that we go into that we're not talking digital and social platforms.
2: Something I'm curious about is how has e-commerce shifted the impact and the reach of Wisconsin cheese on a national scale?
7: Sure, that's a good question. Um, it's it's drastically impacted. I mean, just internally, we've we've hired a department to run our digital side because we know the impact it is having on on retail and food service. Um, you really can't quantify it. You know, we quantify it with impressions if we're talking social and digital media, clicks, et cetera. The next wave is is really driving that social digital platform that we're utilizing and that retail is utilizing or an influencer program that is utilizing on the e-commerce side to drive directly to that consumer and have that that purchase and that convenience instantaneous. So, I mean… As we talk about e-commerce, I think there's it's it's the wave of the future. And it's something that has to be implemented into a program that when we're talking specialty cheese at retail, um, it's a bucket that has to be talked about each time, each and every time.
2: And then where do you see online cheese sales going in the next, say, five years?
7: Sure. I mean, it's there's... As we, as I said, I mean, there's nothing more than it's going up. I mean, we, it's, it's, it's a force to be reckoned with. It really is. Um, and like I said, it's something that needs to be discussed in every meeting. It's a platform that needs to be touched in every meeting. Whether it's, you know, a holiday. For instance, we're in the middle of holidays. Mm-hmm. A lot of the programming I'm running out east has a digital and social. Uh, piece of the program in it it has to because we're talking and we're speaking about cheese pairings uh, with wine and che- and, and meats etc um, in the next five years I see it you know two, three, four, five, even more percent increase for sure. Incremental sales, incremental uh, opportunities for branding, messaging, et cetera. I think e-commerce is honestly the future of, of retail. Um, and I think, for, for in my case, for specialty cheese, it's, it's paramount to be a part of.
2: That is Mike Edge. He is a regional marketing director with the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, talking about e-commerce cheese sales. And if you want more info on that, you can head to our website. That is MidwestFarmReport.com. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison... I'm Josh Scramlin.
3: This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
6: Got your sights on a new trailer? I-39 Supply has done the hunting for you. Trailers to haul your ATV, UTV, or your Turdy Pointer. Trailers and more, five miles south of Portage. I-39supply.com
3: Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within, over enemies of fear, enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself.
1: This is a physical training event.
3: Promises to one's community.
4: Healthy people move debris out of their
3: house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of battles won.
1: Music, variety, comedy, and events Online at crystalgram.com The Crystal Grand Music Theater your seat it's the best
8: seat Jewelry is always the perfect gift for that special someone. You want to go to Goodman's Jewelers where they have the experience and patience to work with you to find that perfect diamond. Pendant necklace, diamond earrings, engagement ring. It'll be a one-of-a-kind and all yours at Goodman's Jewelers a couple blocks from the Capitol on
9: State Street.
1: He takes being called a pig as a compliment because he knows that they're smarter than most dogs and people. This is the Farm Report with Josh Scramblin.
2: 5.19 on the clock. It's December 12, 2019. Good morning to you. And right now I'm connected live via Skype with Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck. Stu, good morning. How's it going? Good morning, Josh. Not bad at all for a morning. How about there? You know, a little chilly, and you're the perfect person to talk to about this because right now, wind chill. Is that the big word in the weather world? Oh, I
5: guess you're right. It is wind chill, and the <laughs> chill
2: factor is down there. So bundle up this morning. Yeah, I, I was feeling it this morning. I always tell myself I should start my car early, and then as soon as I get in, I instantly regret that I did not do so.
5: Yeah, that's a jump on that cold seat. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well. We've been doing that for a long time, Josh. You're not alone, and it's not going to get a whole lot different, although temperatures warm up today. Quite a big warm-up when you compare it to yesterday. And that has everything to do with a low-pressure system in the Missouri Valley that's going to push up towards southern Wisconsin. Now, it will bring a little weak front with it, and that's why I'll talk about some precipitation. Out ahead of that system, there is some scattered and light snow northern Fox Valley into central Wisconsin-Stevens Point. And over toward uh, Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, and further on to far northern Wisconsin and eastern parts of Minnesota. What I expect is today, is that low pushes east and northeast, that it will bring precipitation to all of us. A little light snow, and especially... As we look at southern and eastern Wisconsin, Oshkosh, Fond du Lac, Madison, maybe a little drizzle mixing in, but that chance exists over at La Crosse and Madison as well. A brief period of drizzle could mix with some of that snow for a time. Not that we expect a lot. Lacrosse and Boston an inch or two, everybody else an inch or less, but just a little snow chance lasting into the night. Now that low pulls through another low will move east in the northern part of the U.S. right near the Canadian border, and that's going to bring a cold front in meaning, of course, another round of some snow developing a bit later Friday, lasting into Saturday. Now a cold front swings through with that system, and those temperatures that stay a little more mild today and even tomorrow cool off again for the weekend. Oh, well, not like it was yesterday, but it will be cooler as we make our way on into the early part of next week as well, and a little new light snow is possible with that next system later Friday night on into the day Saturday as well. I'll have forecast details right after this.
8: The fabulous farm babe, Pam Yonke, wants to turn your baby into a fabulous farm baby. Go online now to fabulousfarmbabe.net. Check out those adorable baby bibs and sign up to get yours absolutely free. Thanks to the wonderful folks at Quick Trip. Supplies are extremely limited, so don't delay. Log on now to fabulousfarmbabe.net. Here's a chance to turn your baby into a fabulous farm baby.
2: Josh Gramlin for the Midwest Farm Report, 523 on the clock, and I'm connected live via Skype with ag meteorologist Stu Muck. Stu, it's Friday Eve. That's a fancy word for Thursday. What can we expect this weekend? I'm already looking ahead to it.
5: Wow. Well, it's going to cool off a little bit, but not like yesterday. And there is some snow chance going in there as well. So today we have to talk about cloudy skies and a little snow and in the afternoon, especially southern and eastern Wisconsin could be a little periodic drizzle, just really light precipitation mixed with that snow. Temperatures today, though, mid and upper 30s, warmest in the south and east. As I've said, could be an inch or two accumulating this afternoon and tonight, La Crosse and Boston probably lighter elsewhere. And today, winds will become southwest 8 to 18 and gust near 30. Overnight, that little light snow or drizzle ending in the east and southeast and cloudy skies otherwise down in the low to mid 20s. The Southwest winds become Northwest at five to ten tomorrow, a mostly cloudy day, maybe a little sprinkle or flurry early, more likely some flurries during the day. Could be a little drizzle in the South, look for temps in the low to mid thirties Northwest winds at five, and even Saturday, a little bit of that light snow could be some drizzle in the south and i 'd expect cloudy skies only about thirty more likely upper twenties lacrosse and Boston, and we cool it off. Teens or about 20 on Sunday, Josh, but that should be our dry day of the weekend. A little light snow early Monday again.
2: All right, Stu, thank you so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. All right, see you then. Yep, we'll see you then. All right, that's ag meteorologist Stu Muck. You heard the man, it's cold outside. 19 in Madison right now, 12 and Snowy in Eau Claire, 21 and Cloudy in La Crosse, 15 and Cloudy in Green Bay, and 7 degrees in Wausau right now.
3: This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
9: you no longer have to hide your hands your hands have been taking care of everyone else isn't it time that you take care of your hands a skincare minute with skincare expert michelle neeson did you know there are several aesthetic treatments that help your hands look brighter healthier and more youthful treatments such as broadband light and chemical or laser peels help with tone texture and getting rid of those stubborn age spots Skin-type procedures can smooth out wrinkles and fine lines, as well as add new collagen. Dermal filler, like Restylane Lift, is used to improve the volume in the back of the hands. The results are noticed immediately, giving you a fuller, more hydrated appearance. Most treatments can last over a year and are more affordable than you might think. Now you can show off your hands with confidence. Let your natural beauty shine through Visit us at Rejuvenation Clinic of
4: There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds. Someday everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water
11: heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an a certified dealer of Rinnai tankless water heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Rinnai tankless water heaters are up to 40 percent more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater.
8: You need corn hybrids with genetics and traits bred and tested in local conditions. I'm Shannon Latham. That's what you get from family-owned, proudly independent Latham High Tech Seeds. Numbers developed for your fields. New Star 4795 VT Double Pro Rib features great disease tolerance. Five-time first test winner, 5245 VT Double Pro Rib is a Goss Boss. And 5739 Smart Stacks Rib is a widely adapted Gladiator Hybrid. Pick the best field by field at LathamSeeds.com or call 877-GO-LATHAM.
12: The Madison Police Department's Violent Crimes Unit and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help in identifying suspects involved in a major weapons violation. On November 24th at 8.42 p.m., Madison police officers responded to the 4,500 block of Cottage Grove Road regarding multiple shots fired. Officers found 45 shell casings, two damaged vehicles, and damage to buildings. From the evidence collected, it is believed that there were two sides shooting at one another. Several rounds entered into neighboring residences, missing one occupant by approximately five feet. Other people sought shelter upon hearing the round strike their residences. Several people were contacted by police and several apartments were searched. In addition, it was discovered that one round entered the bedroom of a sleeping child with the toddler's stuffed toy shark taking a bullet. If you have any information regarding the identity of these suspects or information regarding this senseless act of violence, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for
6: a cash reward. When you choose from several options, you're likely going to save money. That's what a family-owned, independent insurance place like ours can do.
9: When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our Our best best is the very very
6: least we
13: can do. do.
14: What's colder right now, the temperature or the Badgers play in the Big Ten?
13: Oh man, yeah, geez, you know it's just it's a good time to have a break, right, boys? I mean it's just uh, it's it's a tough one right now for the, the hockey team, and it just it just seems like they can't get things going. Uh, they're playing very good teams. Michigan State, I knew that was going to be a tough one on the road for them. They're they're a rising team who has went through some doldrums themselves the last couple of years. But now I've gotten out of it, so I knew it was going to be a tough one to go on the road at a small rink size over there at Michigan State. Anyways, it's a, you know when you when you lose 3-0, it looks sounds like they ran into a hot goaltender on Friday night, couldn't solve that issue, uh, put up about 41, 41 plus shots on net, and and they couldn't even you know, get one goal. So. You know, it's it's and then you lose one in overtime, five four. So it's just it's one of those things. It's snowballing in the wrong direction, and it can go both ways, as we all know in sports. Is it, it's either you're feeling good, and 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 even the the games that are you're supposed to you're not playing well. You look at the Packers, they're not playing well, and they win the games. And then and then you look at the teams where you know you're hitting posts and all those things, and you're losing in overtime. So it's a tale of uh, two things here for the team.
14: Uh, Visiting with our guy, Barry Richter. And, yeah, I mean, to that point, Barry, it's not like there's a lack of talent. I mean, heck, I just saw on Monday the U.S. uh, hockey for the junior national roster. release. you have four Badgers on it. Uh, You know, 28, and it's going to get cut down to, you know, 23. And, you know, a quarter of the roster, 15, 20% of the roster could end up being Badgers. So, I mean, look, there's talent on this team. We know that. We just got to figure out a way for them to all play together, right?
13: Yep, and that's, it. it comes down to just, uh, like we said last couple of weeks, just simplicity. And, uh, it's, when you have a lot of talent, then you just gotta be a little bit more basic because it's, uh, you know, all those guys are very skilled players. And so, you just gotta try to get, uh, get shots on that, get it through, get some goals that way. Gotta get the power play going, obviously. That sort of sparks teams when they're down, uh, when you do have a chance, <clears throat> excuse me, five on four. You know, and that just seems not to be happening for the Badgers. So, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a good time for a break. It's a good time for these guys to go focus on their studies. Uh, as you said, you have Holloway, and then is going to be trying out for Team Canada, and Caulfield, Turcotte, Emerson and Cantrill. Miller will be trying out for Team USA, and and the World Juniors, which is a great great tournament over uh, the holidays, starts December twenty sixth, and he's usually on NHL Network, which is all the best eighteen and nineteen year olds in the world playing at this tournament so it's a good time to take a break and that's one thing you got to do and and you know you look back at st louis blues uh... In the nhl they got into a city they were down in the dumps coach craig berube who's old school says alright put your bags upstairs in the hotel rooms let's go time to get out and go uh... go have some fun and sometimes you gotta do that guys with the team and, then, and maybe these guys just have to do a little reset where you just sort of maybe don't practice for a couple days and they just go out and have fun in the town, and and it doesn't matter if you drink or don't drink. It's just about being part of the team, and that, and that's maybe something these guys got to do.
7: Barry, did you ever do something like that? Did you ever go on a little funk in your playing days, and you had to shake it out somehow?
13: Oh yeah, oh yeah, and that's just and it happens, and exactly what Craig Berube did with the Blues. That's what that's what happens in NHL. You just sometimes you just got to say all right let's all go everyone's mandatory it is mandatory that everyone goes and, and goes out uh has a nice dinner and goes on the town and like you said it doesn't matter if you have a couple of beers or you don't some team it's more building. about being together it's team building and just and just getting away from the rink getting away from you know the negativeness and just coming together and having fun and just a little bit of a blowout and then that sometimes shakes it guys it does and it worked for St. Louis Blues last year won in the cup and Maybe these guys got to look at something to do over the holidays, where you just come together as a team and maybe just get away and have some fun. What
7: would Barry Richter do? Go bowling? You know, maybe <laughs> maybe go to fast forward and do some uh, rollerblading. What do you think, Barry?
13: Yeah, I mean bowling's always fun. You guys, <laughs> just, like I said, watching sporting events, watching other things, watching bowl games, getting together. You know, I think it's uh, it's one of those things where it's just it's all about being part of it, laughing, doing something where you're just not talking hockey getting away from it, and then you just have a little bit more energy that next day when you have practice or that next game. You have some kind of energy there, which you didn't have before.
14: You know, back to this uh, junior world team. I mean, these guys won't be taken up here. They'll be playing. And, you know, if all four, and then you throw in Dylan Holloway, uh, who was invited to Team Canada, This you'd be talking like 1983, uh, Tony Granado, Jim Johansson, Gary Suter, uh, I mean, again, one of the greatest collections of, of, of talent. So, again, you, you look at these guys, you know, and maybe the the notion of some of the team that's the month off, can, can, there, can it be a rallying for the guys that are playing? Go out there, maybe get a taste of success.
1: A man that knows any food tastes better when deep fried and served on a stick. This is the
2: Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. 5.35 on the clock. Good morning to you. And right now I'm sitting behind the Landmark Service's Cooperative AgriNews news desk. And with an update on the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, I toss it to Michael Clements. Michael?
6: The American Farm Bureau Federation is asking Congress to quickly pass the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement following a deal reached between House Democrats and the White House to move forward. Dave Salmonson, AFBF, Senior Congressional Relations Director, says the announcement paves the way toward approval.
11: Talks between those two sides have been going on for several months. What they came down to it, made agreement primarily on some additional enforcement provisions that seemed to be enough to wrap it up. And now we can move forward the agreement, and Congress can soon, and we hope very soon, look at this, and we hope get it passed.
6: salmonson is hopeful for a vote next week.
11: I think there is a great desire to have this passed in both houses by the time Congress adjourns this session on December 20th. But now that there's an agreement that's up to the administration to send to Congress the draft of an implementing bill.
6: While the implementing legislation must go through other procedural hurdles, Salmonson says it's possible to reach the finish line next week.
11: It is procedurally possible. These things can take time or they can be done very quickly. But it seems to be that to all sides, we've heard positive, of course, from the House Democrats, the Speaker's office, the House Republicans have said they supported. Of course, the White House has signed off on it. So it seems to me that it can move ahead, barring anything unforeseen. And they can move to a vote, hopefully by the middle and end of
6: next week. Michael Clements, Washington. All right, thank you so
2: much, Michael. And in other news, late season moisture and flooding caused many challenges for producers, including dairy farmers trying to harvest enough
6: forage for their herds. Miles Ramsey has the story on that. Miles? So much of the dairy industry relies on high-quality feed and forages. Proper nutrition is essential for milk production and keeping component values high. Randy Shaver, Emeritus Professor in Dairy Science at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, says this year's growing season has had its limitations.
10: We clearly have um, issues in some parts of the country uh, with uh, the weather. Uh, This has been a particularly challenging year for the Midwest and Wisconsin, and so it's making it very difficult to farm uh, and, and make our forages and our crops.
6: Years like this, Shaver says, is when having a relationship with a nutritionist really counts. After corn silage is stored and other forages gathered, it's time to take inventory and determine a solid plan for nutrition.
10: Once you have that inventory and look at what you have, then a nutritionist can start to put together a a diet to get us through this uh, feeding period get us out into the spring and and into next summer. And that's really going to come down to feed testing. So testing that as it comes out of the silo for energy content, fiber content, other carbohydrates and protein, then the nutritional consultant can start to put together a diet with different byproduct feeds, grains, and and try to sustain production and, and keep those cows healthy. When
6: feed sources are limited, cows that are able to produce more with less are in high demand. Feed efficiency is one way U.S. registered Holsteins stand apart.
10: Holsteins obviously represent a major component uh, of the industry from a, from a breed perspective. Uh, so it would be the predominant breed and certainly it, it would be the high volume breed kind of what's remarkable to me is the very high feed efficiency. Uh, Holstein cows uh, uh, really can uh, consume a lot of feed and produce a lot of milk. But we've been able to focus more on milk per unit of feed. And so there's been some emphasis in the past few years on the feed efficiency side. And some of that is being addressed as well in in the Holstein breed.
6: Shaver was recognized as the 2019 Industry Person of the Year at World Dairy Expo in Madison, Wisconsin. For Holstein Association USA, I'm Miles
2: Ramsey. All right, Miles, thank you so much for that. It's Josh Gramlin sitting behind the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri News Desk on a Thursday morning, and markets are up next.
9: How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A Skincare Minute with Skincare Expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at Rejuvenation Clinic of
4: There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds He
1: can smell fried cheese curds from 15 miles
2: away. This is the Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. The Dairy Innovation Hub provides millions of dollars in state funding for dairy research at UW-Madison, UW-Platteville, and UW-River Falls. Dr. Heather White is an associate professor of dairy science at UW-Madison, and back in November was named the inaugural faculty director of the Dairy Innovation Hub. Earlier today, I sat down with Dr. White in her campus office, and I asked her, with this giant challenge ahead of her, does she feel any pressure at all? Anytime you're part of the inaugural group that's executing something, you feel a huge obligation and pressure to live up to the expectation. Mm-hmm. The dairy industry is going through a very termulous time and a time that's full of a lot of change. And as researchers, we're not posed to provide an instant solution to that. We all wish we could fix milk prices, but we can't as researchers. We can't overnight. And we're also not policymakers. But what we can do is provide the research-based information that we hope guides policy and change. That is Dr. Heather White of UW-Madison. And now let's take a look at your opening markets. Cash corn is at 358 and a quarter. That is unchanged. The New crop corn is up one and a quarter at 372 and a half. Cash beans are down a penny at 892 and a half. And new crop beans also down one cent at 907. Cash wheat is unchanged at 529. A new crop wheat is at 519 and a quarter. That is unchanged as well. As for livestock, live cattle is at 120.5 and three quarters. That is up seven. And feeder cattle is up 1.1 and a quarter at 142.7 and three quarters. Lean hogs are at 60.7. That's up two and a quarter. And finally, as we switch to dairy, butter is at 195. That is up a Penny. Cheddar block is down three and three quarters at one ninety one. Cheddar Barrel is down eight and a half at one eighty six and a quarter. And as for those fluid milk contracts, right now January twenty twenty milk is at eighteen nineteen, that is down twenty-one pennies, and February twenty twenty milk is down seven cents at seventeen fifty-six. Christmas is right around the corner and money is tight, obviously, so why not get a gift that is actually free? All you have to do is go to MidwestfarmReport.com and you can claim a free fabulous farm baby bib, courtesy of our friends at Quick Trip as they support Wisconsin. Agriculture. Just head to our website, click the Quick Trip banner, and then tell us where we need to send that baby bib. Once you get the bib, we want you to take a picture of your baby wearing it and then email it back to us so we can post it on our website and our social media. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin.
3: This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Hey
0: have you reserved your spot for the 2020 Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo Registration is open and there's no better time. The early bird deal ends January 12th. This year's Expo February 6th and 7th at the Kalahari Resort and Convention Center in Wisconsin Dells. Attendees will be able to connect with fellow corn and soy producers as well as pork producers and with a massive trade show featuring more than 100 companies and over 160 booths. There's plenty to see and do Register at cornsoyexpo.org Deep history and beautiful scenery, that's what you're in for. If you join me on our next agriculture adventure, I'm Pam Yankee inviting you to come along. We're headed to Scotland and Northern Ireland, September 15th through the 25th. We'll tour the iconic Edinburgh Castle, explore the titanic Belfast Museum, and view breathtaking Giants Causeway. For details, email me, Pam, at... Midwestfarmreport dot com or call eight hundred eight
8: two six twenty-two sixty six.
2: And now finally to round out the show this morning, I'm going to bring in our very own Reba McClone. Reba?
8: For many, farming isn't just a job. It's a way of life. And that way of life can be really hard on a body. That's where AgrAbility comes in. It allows farmers to continue doing what they love by giving them technology and information to allow them to work even when their body starts to betray them. Dick Straub is one of the co-directors at AgrAbility, and he shared more about the busy 2018-2019 year.
15: Well, 2018-2019 was was an active year. We have about 360 uh, active clients that we helped serve during the year. Fifty-four new clients were served, uh, and uh, I think we did about 138 uh, farm site visits during the year. So we had an active year working with Wisconsin farmers, trying to keep them actively engaged in agriculture, even though they might have some sort of a, a disability or an injury or something, which was presenting a barrier for them.
8: And what kind of injuries are most of your clients facing?
15: most people think when we think about agrability, they think it's people who are injured. But most of our clients actually have what I'll call degenerative type of injuries. Uh, back injuries, uh, knees, hips, things of that nature, uh, cardiovascular uh, issues that uh, limit their ability to To work in agriculture, the things that just happen with aging and with wear and tear on the body. So that that accounts for about 60% of our clients, about 20% are farm accidents, about 20% are are non-farm related accidents.
8: Looking ahead to 2020 that you're looking to maybe see an
15: increase for. Well, one of the things we're trying to do is we're trying to reach out to more what I'll call socially disadvantaged clients, uh, women, uh, the Hmong, Amish, uh, veterans. Uh, many of those are, are uh, priorities for USDA. Uh, AgrAbility is one of the uh, USDA programs that really does provide quite a bit of service to, to veterans. So they, it's, that really elevates AgrAbility in terms of the importance of, of that program to USDA.
8: And why are those those kind of minority groups so important to the agriculture industry?
15: Well, when you look at agriculture, I mean, there's there's certainly opportunity for those groups. Many of those groups have a presence in agriculture, such as the Hmong that are involved in smaller uh, garden-type, community-type uh, agriculture projects, uh, producing food on a small-scale basis. M- women are integrally involved in agriculture, and we think we think of farmers as being male, but more and more today, farmers are are female in terms of their 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 involvement in on the farm.
8: And how does reaching out to those other groups correlate into your 2019-2020 goals?
15: Well, as I said, it's a big part of what we want to do. It's one of the goals that we've, we've set for ourselves. It, it also uh, is related to a new grant that we have with Easter Seals that's basically out there to engage with those groups relative to USDA programs. And that's one of the reasons I think we've engaged in that, because it it helps us broaden the base with that community, not only for those traditional USDA programs, but for programs such as ours as AgriAbility.
8: So one of the goals that you have for 2019-2020 is outreach and connect. What are some of the ways that you're looking to do that?
15: We do several things. One, we certainly hit a lot of the farm shows. Uh, the Oshkosh show and things of that nature. We were at World Dairy Expo this last year, some of the smaller farm shows around. We uh, we have neighbor-to-neighbor meetings that we, uh, oper- that we do about three to four of those a year where we try to connect potentially new clients with old clients so they can see what has been done on their farms and how they the agribility program has engaged with them. So we try to, say, move those around the state and usually try to do three to four of those a, a year. We certainly try to engage with the media, such as yourself, to get the word out there in terms of what Agri- how agrability can serve agriculture and agricultural clients that we, uh, that we have out there. So there's, there's a, a, a number of ways that we try to, to get the word out about agrability. We also hold a summit each year. Uh, typically, I think this year we may forego that in part because we have the national training workshop here. Uh, but this is an event that's typically held once a year, one, every other year in the Marshfield area uh, associated with the National Farm Medicine Center. They've been a, a host for us. And uh, the in, in alternating years, we've been working with Organic Valley over in uh, west central Wisconsin hosting that. And that's, a, that's an outreach program where we reach out to farmers and they can come in and learn about the... Uh, the AgrAbility program and what we can offer.
8: And I do want to come back to the national training workshop. Do a lot of farmers seem to know a lot about AgrAbility or is it something that sometimes farmers are like, wow, I didn't even know something like this existed?
15: Uh, I think there's some of that that they don't know it existed. I also think there's a a mentality among farmers, especially male farmers. I'll put myself in that ca- category that says, you know, I don't need help. I can find ways to do this. I think it's very often through a spouse or through younger family members uh, that we they learn about agribility and say, hey, there's there's something here that we should be that we should learn learn about. And in fact, we're trying to use the social media more to reach out to some of those less traditional audiences, younger people who might be engaged, engaged with the farm operation so that they get the word out
8: that's a really great point farmers they can be set in their ways and stubborn absolutely one of the things you also talked about earlier was this easter seals grant that you got which is allowing you to reach out to some of those socially disadvantaged groups and you guys have been looking into other opportunities for funding why why did you want to look into that i know normally you're funded both through the usda right
15: Well, we're partially funded through the USDA. We've also, we also have funding through some other streams, uh, notably some chargebacks through Uh, the state, the Division of Vocational Rehabilitation for assessments that are done because of changing at the federal and the state level, those number of assessments are down. So those revenue streams that support the farm program through Easter Seals, uh, there's less support there. So we're looking for other ways to maintain a sustainable program with things that are are complementary to our program. We're not trying to get out in left field, in terms of what we do, but we're doing looking at things that will enhance the program that we have. And as I said, the the, the particular grant that you're referring to is reaching out to those socially disadvantaged groups or and veterans uh, that are a target of who we want to engage with. So it broadens our presence in that community by by. Uh, Pursuing that grant or the objectives of that grant
8: and when we're looking at upcoming things You also talked about the national training workshop and that is coming back to wisconsin in 2020.
15: Yes uh, So we'll be hosting that here in uh, March of 2020 So representatives from all of the states that have agribility projects and other interested groups will come here to wisconsin uh, basically for a uh, professional development for outreach for training uh, for sharing ideas so we're, we're very uh, interested in being able to host that here and, and welcome all of those states here. So there's, there's about 22 states that have funded agribility projects and a few with some non-funded projects. So there will be a large representation from a, uh, a broad ca- uh, spectrum of states across the United States.
8: And is this an opportunity for those different organizations uh, kind of across the country to come together and share ideas and find new ways to help those who are a part of the program?
15: Uh, very much so. I mean, share, sharing ideas, I think, is one of the, the strong attributes of, of this meeting. We also bring people in, professionals from other areas of emerging areas for example right now because of the stresses in agriculture mental health among our farm community is is uh, is, a, is a paramount issue and so we'll have some sessions that are going to deal with providing training as to how to deal with with folks that are, are feeling those stresses and or might have mental health related issues in in agriculture and you know Fifteen years ago, that would have would have been less of a was less of a priority. So it changes depending on the, the situation that we're that we're agriculture is facing at that time.
8: I think that's a really important point that you bring up about how things have to change based on what our farmers are currently facing, especially in regards to that mental health. And what would be your last piece of advice to those farmers who are maybe on the fence about contacting Agrability?
15: The word I want to get out is that we're here. We can can help provide services to farmers and give them suggestions. Sometimes farmers think that it's going to cost a lot of money, but there's a lot of low-tech Uh, technology that can be applied to their farming operation in terms of how they are doing things to do things better, that creates less stress on the body and and allows them to do it easier. And I would really encourage them to to reach out and uh, consider enrolling in the program if they have some sort of a disability or a physical limitation regarding agriculture or if they're dealing with those mental stresses that we referred to earlier.
8: That was Dick Straub, co-director at AgrAbility. So for those farmers who may be struggling to continue to do the thing they love, remember AgrAbility is there to help. I'm Reba McClone. Thank you so much.